Our semen represents our life force. It's this most concentrated essence of our body. In Ayurveda, they talk about all the steps of the body to create the semen. It's the most refined substance. It's very valuable. And every ejaculation, it's costing you something, basically. And it's like money. It's like you're born with so much in our savings account, and you're born with so much. It's up to you how you spend it. But once it's gone, and you essentially are you age and die. And so when we're teenagers, it's like we were born with a million dollars in the bank. You're like, all right, I've got so much money and just spend it and spend it. And then by the time you're 30, like, uh-oh, my dick's not working so well. My hormones are low. So it's starting to catch up with you. So the, basically the thing is we want to be able to reinvest in this money account as much or more than we're spending. That's compound interest. Compound interest, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's not about going forever without ejaculating. It's just understanding that there is a cost to it. My name is Evan Meyer, and you're listening to the Undomesticate Podcast, a show where we explore how to deprogram domestication, restore the health of our body, mind, and spirit, and return to our sovereign roots. Welcome to episode nine of the Undomesticate Podcast with Jonathan White. Jonathan is a certified instructor of Taoist internal arts and focuses specifically on helping men master their sexual energy so they can manifest their ideal life. Through his system of sexual kung fu, he's helped thousands of men improve their sex life, last longer in bed, experience multiple orgasms, and amplify their performance both inside and outside the bedroom. I had a chance to sit down with Jonathan in person in his beautiful home in North Carolina overlooking the Blue Smoky Mountains, where we explored a range of topics such as how a psychedelic mushroom journey started Jonathan's spiritual awakening and interest in Taoist internal arts, how a man's sexual energy and his purpose in life are linked, why white-knuckling our way through our vices never works and what we can do instead, Jonathan's thought on the NoFap movement and why it's so important to practice semen retention, why having sex without ejaculating is one of the most powerful things you can do for your mental, spiritual, and physical health, Jonathan's experience with genital weightlifting and other fringe Taoist sexual practices, and so much more. I took a short break over these holidays, but now I'm amping up this podcast for 2024 and we'll be recording weekly episodes over the course of this year. So if you like what we're doing, expect a lot more content that includes powerful conversations with guests like we have had already, but also a number of solo episodes that I'm recording where I just go really deep on a specific topic that I think will help change your life. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of these new episodes, as well as leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so we can continue to cater better guests and improve the quality of this show. All right, without further ado, let's jump in to episode nine with Jonathan White. All right, Jonathan, good to be here with you, man. Welcome to the Undomesticate podcast. Um, we literally just met a few minutes ago, so it's always interesting just coming into someone's home who you've so graciously invited me into your home, which is amazing. And, uh, and just sitting down and having a conversation, especially a recorded conversation, um, but I have been following your work for a few years and really loved your messaging, uh, really aligned with the part, you know, just bringing the, the Qigong and it's Montauk Chia was one of your main teachers, correct? Uh, Michael Wynn. Michael uh, Wynn? So oh, so he's that lineage. Yeah, is yeah, that yeah, what yeah. it is? Okay. That's correct. Got yeah. it. It got it. And, uh, and yeah, just s- such needed medicine, I would say at this time for men, especially these pieces around sexual energy, sexual transmutation. Uh, working, you know, with uh, porn, letting that go, and and what to do with all that kind of latent energy in our bodies, breaking down some of these habitual patterns and ways of being that really don't serve us, and accessing uh, a level of power that often men don't even know that is available because they've been so conditioned into these habitual addictions, really, and and releases and um, disbursement, I guess, of sexual energy 
among so many other things, but that's really the main messaging that I've received from, from what you've shared. But I'd love to hear from you just a little bit about your story, kind of, and then what you do today, how you got here, and, uh, and, and just so the folks that are watching or listening to this know a little bit more about you. Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me, Evan. Thanks for inviting me on the podcast. And I grew up in a small town in Idaho. You know, my dad was a farmer and um, I was always, always kind of the oddball, the, the black sheep in the family. Um, just a, went in a very different trajectory than the other people I knew in my life. I was always interested in very mystical things. And in my teenage years, I was a musician. Like that was, I was like, oh, I want to be a What'd famous play? musician. I played guitar. Nice. Played, me too. played yeah. in rock bands. Me, too, like me too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was like, that was my first kind of discipline was sitting down and just like practicing scales on the guitar. Cause I wasn't a very athletic kid. You know, I was, I was kind of the awkward nerdy kid. So music kind of became this, uh, uh, way of expression and developing, you know, my skills, I suppose. And then, um, I was also going through a lot of substance abuse, you know, emotional depression, anxiety, pretty, pretty common things actually for, for teenagers in this world. Um, so I definitely struggled with a lot of that. And it, when I was 19 years old, I took psilocybin mushrooms and had this like just mind blowing spiritual awakening experience completely changed my life. And after that, I was like, what happened? How do I get back to that place? And eventually this led me on the path of, uh, studying the Eastern practices like yoga, meditation, and I eventually got into Qigong practices. And for me, it was always like, how does sex fit into all this? I, I just always had this feeling that there was something more to sex and sexual energy than I had been taught. And so it was always this question in my mind. And I, I studied a bit of like what I could find on Tantra and things like this and still wasn't satisfying my curiosity. And then one day, I was about 23 years old, I stumbled upon Montauk Chi's book, Multi-Orgasmic Man. And that was a, another big turning point in my life because this book talked about how for a man, it's wasteful to just ejaculate all the time and that men can have orgasms without ejaculating and channel that energy into other things. And so I started practicing from this book with limited results and that led me to study out a teacher, Michael Wynn, who was one of Montauk Chia's senior students in the beginning and studied it with him in depth and was just very, very life-changing. Uh, I, I, I became addicted to Qigong. I would start practicing for, you know, hours a day. How old were you at this point I when was, you kind of got into this? Uh, when I went to study with Michael Wynn in person for the first time in 2016. So okay. that was what, seven years seven ago. Seven years ago. Yeah, so, so it was like 26, 27. 27 or so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my life completely transformed from that. Was, uh, I, I, I learned how to connect with my sexual energy as like a because I always felt controlled by it. Mm -hmm. And I was never really satisfied with my sexual experiences. It was always this addictive thing. You know, I was, I was watching porn every day, kind of the, the typical male stuff. And this, I realized how much I'd been depleting myself by just unconsciously ejaculating my life force. And once I learned to get that under control, once I learned to hold that energy in my body and put it into other things, like redirect that energy, like just everything in my life changed. Uh, I became more confident, my health improved, my vitality really helped me step into my masculinity and just get really clear of like, where do, what am I doing in life? Where am I going? And eventually I learned, I started teaching this work because of the, the change I went through, the transformation I went through. I remember in 2017, I was again at this retreat with Michael and I just had this like, just understanding like the world needs these practices, this healing of, of sexuality of humanity and like I'm going to teach the world it's just like this obvious thing and that year I started my YouTube channel and eventually I started teaching it full-time 
Was that the beginning when you started the YouTube channel? That's kind of how that parlayed into to teaching full time, or how did that all kind of? What was that transition period from student to teacher? Yeah, so it was. I mean, it was kind of a slow. You know, I so I became certified. I, I kind of because <laughs> I how do you really certify these things, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. But uh, but at the time, I was like, well, I need to have the certification, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I have you know the more more of just like some sort of uh, acknowledgement, I suppose. But so I wanted to start teaching it. So basically, I just started. Talking about the stuff on social media, YouTube, mostly YouTube in the beginning, and there was a lot of interest in it. I started putting together like little training programs, and eventually I created a full course, online course, which I've had many, many men go through. And then I started doing in person work, retreats, and things like that as well. Beautiful. And having worked with so many men, and it's actually, I want to back up for a moment. Very interesting, just parallel paths, uh, you know, me being in my late teens, dealing with anxiety, dealing with depression, dealing with substance abuse, uh, which I think also kind of gets wrapped into kind of pervasive sexual addiction, whether it's through porn or just pursuing and kind of that hungry ghost where it's Mm -hmm. just nothing is really that fulfilling, which was miserable at the moment, depleting, felt like I was in kind of living in a fog, if you know what I mean, just like, what am I doing? And and just chasing, pleasure-seeking, pleasure-seeking, pleasure-seeking in all capacities and all ways that I possibly could. Ended up being really like the catalyst for me, uh, having a profound shift, you know, in my life of stepping on a path that I would say is more spiritual, uh, more committed to giving rather than consuming. Um, I think it's incredible that like one psychedelic experience really was the, was the kind of that fuel that really shifted things for you. I didn't have, I've had a lot of psychedelic experiences and a few of them have been really profound, but, um, having that demarcation where like, okay, what was that? And how do I get back to that? And almost that, what it sounds like catapulting, like a lifelong journey to kind of return to that, return to that source, whatever that is. Super, super cool. Um, but I want to get back to what you're saying around uh, serving men, because you said you've you know you've served many men over the course of the years that you've run this, these different offerings, these courses, coaching retreats, and you do retreat up here as well, right? I do. Every summer, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what do you see as like? I mean, obviously, men come to you for a pretty specific or somewhat specific reason, because you seem to have a lot of expertise in the kind of sexual energy realm. What do you see like the biggest? problem that men are generally facing in this space and and what do you do to start to work with that like if a man's at today he's maybe listening to this or watching this and he's like you know obviously knows he's addicted to porn wants to get out of it but has that compulsion keeps coming back to it feels depleted feels maybe misaligned with why he's here or his purpose which i think those two are very intricately linked you know what i mean the sexual energy and the purpose where do you begin like how do you how do you work with a guy like that so i always start with because I, what I really teach is a system of cultivation. You know, uh, I, I, I studied, again, I studied yoga, qigong, breathwork, meditation, and then the sexual practice. So all these to me were like part of a complete system. Mm-hmm. And so I really focus on the sexual practice and what I present to the world because I see that that's where a lot of people's, that's a big, that's to me seems like one of the biggest snags in someone's like liberation of their true expression and fulfillment in life. And so where I start with people is just, getting more into the body because I, I really work with the model of kind of Taoist cosmology and Chinese medicine, where it's basically seeing the body as like an energetic, uh, uh, electrical circuit, the, the meridians of the body, these pathways of energy. What happens is as we grow older, as we experience trauma and negative emotions, and we, we start turning to substance abuse and things like that, our life force gets constricted. It's, it's like these, these pathways in our body start to freeze. They get stuck. And, 
So, so it's like we're no longer an open channel and that we feel empty because of this. we feel negative emotions and even diseases at an extreme level. So, I, so, so these are all the symptoms of an underlying pr- problem, which is we could say the nervous system is severely disrupted. The, the flow of life force in our body is blocked. So what I basically start people is teaching exercises to help them open up this flow of energy. I mean, it's simple as starting with the breath, learning to breathe properly and consciously to balance your nervous system, get out of your head and back into the body. And I teach, you know, Qigong practices to help, like, what does it feel like to, to circulate this, this life-giving force through the body again in an abundant level? And so that's kind of, that's kind of the root of the practice is just having some sort of tool where you are able to empower yourself. That's what I'm all about. You know, it's like, giving people the tools to where they become their own healers, where they realize, oh, if I just use my focus and my attention and take this time of my day to do this, it's almost like a ceremony, this routine where I'm tuning in with myself, breathing deeply, feeling the energy moving through my body. You start, it starts to, because for me, this is what helped me let go of my addictions. Once I started doing Qigong like every day, all of my addictive patterns started to drop away because I was getting back into the space of feeling creative, uh, fluid, full, like really the inner child type of experience coming back, coming back out into my life. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a, a, a fullness. Cause I, I always see uh, like why we, we reach for those things. It's like a grasping, right. And, and what we think gives us energy oftentimes ends up depleting energy from us because there is, it kind of hijacks our biology, right. And you get that high for a moment, but then you come down so much harder. Right. And I, I notice as well, as a very amateur Qigong practitioner, how full I get from practice like that or breath work or oh, yoga yeah. or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. it, it fills me where there's not a lot of need for anything um, outside of that, I guess, that I would habitually grab for. Because I often find, and maybe you, you resonate with this as well, is either in myself in the past or with men that I worked with, we get really, there's like a lot of constriction around battling like addiction or vices, whether it's food or porn. Porn's obviously a, a really big one. Um, and it's like this push pull, like this, it's like a battle and, and men just don't have the, gr- nobody has the grit enough to really, um, to like make it through that. They're like white knuckling that experience. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like for me, I mean, this is my own insight with this has been whenever I was like coming back to that being kind of this battle, whenever I was trying to like fight the thing directly, it never worked so well. It it would often like, I'd be able to suppress it for a little bit and then it would, it would gain power over me. It's whenever you're fighting something with force, but the, what I always recommend to people and you know, whenever I'm facing my own, maybe like vices, addictive patterns coming back into my life is like, okay this is a symptom that I'm lacking something in my life. Like I want to get drunk. Hey y'all, I hope you're enjoying this episode with Jonathan White. I just wanted to pop in here and let you know about 13 Pines latest men's program launching in January. And that program is elemental. This is our four month initiation for men using the elements of fire, earth, wind, and water as archetypal cornerstones to develop the qualities of what we call conscious masculine leadership. This program is embodiment focused. We're gonna be meeting every single week to actually use our bodies to cultivate the physical, the mental, and the spiritual acuity and strength and discipline to become conscious masculine leaders. We're gonna be doing a lot of work around the shadow, 
relationship, sexual polarity, our sacred purpose, and basically everything that we've synthesized over our 40 years of combined experience in transformational work. This is gonna be a very robust, comprehensive program for any man who wants a foundation in what it means to lead powerfully from the heart and from the balls and make a real impact in the world. So if you're interested in something like this, there's only a couple weeks left to apply. I highly encourage you to go to www.13pines.com forward slash elemental. We've only got five spots left and the program will likely sell out. So you better apply today. Hope to see you in the program. Now let's get back to our episode with Jonathan White. Like I want to get drunk, jump on Pornhub, take a hit of weed, whatever, because obviously I'm not feeling fully present here and now. Something is is making me feel avoidant of what is. Why is that? And what uh, maybe another something more clear is like, what can I replace that with that will make me feel? Because it's difficult just to like try to take something from your life. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's it. Just let me remove this. Coming back to that, when I was focusing on really getting to my purpose when I had something productive to put my energy into, when I had this Qigong practice, then I was basically replacing the thing. Like what I was getting from this vice substance, I was now getting from my daily practice and it left me feeling filled up and also having something to do, something to put that energy into. It's like you have to increase your energetic output as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I I don't know if, I'm sure maybe you've, you definitely heard of this book. I don't know if you've read it, but Atomic Habits by James Clear. One of the main things that he talks about is, is like, you can't just cut out a habit. You have to have it, you have to replace it with something because there's this like latent energy or something that it needs to be driven and put into something else and really stacking it in, in a particular way where you're just kind of pulling out things that you don't want, but making sure that you insert it with something that you do rather than most people just compulsively like, I just want to cut all this out. This is what I'm never doing again. It's good. Cool. But like, what, are, what are you doing then? You know, um, super important. And then this other piece around, you said like having, I believe that like the energy that we're producing or that we're receiving or whatever, it has to go into something or somewhere. And what, what are your thoughts on like, like to me, it feels like a big part of that is like we have so much latent energy that we don't know where to put. So we put it into like the easiest things possible, right? Like I said, that kind of deplete us because it, it takes some of that. I don't know. It's like it's like a pressure release valve off of like, where, what do we do with this? Where do we do? And it should be, well, should be, I don't know, but it's probably more effective going into something meaningful in our life, like purpose or relationship or, or any of these number of things that actually help us cultivate a more impactful life for ourselves, for you know, the people we love for the world. What do you see when men come through your work? Uh, like what, what tends to happen as they, as they weave their way through doing these practices, as they start to cultivate, they become cultivators, I guess you could call them, right? I think that's a, oftentimes what they say in, in the internal arts, as they become cultivators, like what begins to happen in their life? They, there's a certain clarity that comes into their being. There's a certain, because this is the thing is like, we're scattered. We're often scattering our energy all over the place. We're like we're chasing this thing, that thing. There's just stress, and it's just like all of our energy is just scattered. And when you start to cultivate, when you start to cultivate yourself and become a cultivator, it's like you're you're reclaiming all this. It's like you've just thrown money all over the place. So you're reclaiming it. You're putting it in one place, and then you're focusing where you now want to put that energy. So the intention massively increases, and and it's amazing what happens in men's life when they do this. They, usually what happens is the old addictive patterns. First of all, they no longer feel fulfilling anymore. So it's like, okay, well, I simply have 
no desire to do that anymore. Rather than like, I had to fight this addiction battle. It's like, oh, I just lost the desire to do that. Um, Their relationship with themselves improves. There's more confidence. There's more self-love. There's more self-compassion. And there's, there's more creativity as well. Like, like a lot of like artists, musicians type of people are attracted to this work because sexual energy is your creative energy. And, and the, the thing I always hear is that like they have so much more creativity, like there's just endless ideas, improvisation as a musician, just like this energy just starts to flow. So it's, it's just like there's all this momentum that just starts to unfold in your life because you're no longer living in depletion, just kind of scattering all over the place. It's like now you have this clear direction and people just like skyrocket to where they, they choose to go with their, their intention. And of course, the relationships tend to improve dramatically as well. Yeah, and that's another thing I want to touch on maybe a little bit later, this piece around, uh, you know, relationship, the impact relationship and sex, sexual transmutation in in sex itself. But one thing I do want to touch on around cultivating this energy, what are your thoughts on NoFap? I think that it has its, its, its drawbacks and its benefits. I think that it's overall, it's great that it's become a very popular movement. And um, it's a sign that men are becoming aware that uh, porn addiction and frequent ejaculation are not beneficial. The drawback to NoFap is that it tends to cause a lot of men to develop shame around sexual pleasure and their bodies. And they don't, they typically have this approach of just trying to suppress it. Like, okay, don't think about it. Don't, don't, can't touch this part of my body. I remember somehow I came upon this like Reddit forum. It was under NoFap. And someone was saying like, uh, these are like anti-testosterone supplements that will help remove your urges. I'm like, bro, like why would you want to essentially castrate yourself? Like you're (laughs) defeating the whole point of this. So it's just like, there's a lot of misguidance and misunderstanding. And ultimately it's like, you can do no fat for three years, but then you get into a relationship and what happens is your old patterns tend to come back in. And it's, you haven't, usually they aren't working with this energy, getting consciousness over it. It's just kind of a, so I'm like, it's a good first step, I think. And it's a great sign that men are waking up to this, but it's often a bit misguided. Yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of like a, a stepping stone in, in this collective consciousness of men waking up around like, oh yeah, this is clearly having an impact on my life, on how I feel about myself, on my life force, which is obviously a very positive thing because it's a massive movement. Those I've been on those Reddit forums. They're huge. Oh, yeah. There's like maybe millions in there. You know, and it's certainly hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people on some little corner of the internet, which is a massive you know, massive movement. Um, but again, like you said, I, yeah, I remember guy, I, reading things about guys, like you don't even touch your member, like don't even, mm-hmm. don't even look at it. Don't even like, you, you basically, you're not really empowered. You're essentially creating so many blockages in your life from having to be with it that, yeah, you get the job done in terms of not, you know, not being, not ejaculating, but what about the impact on the rest of your life, you know? And so, what did you learn about uh, semen retention or is there, did you learn something specific in your lineage? Because I know in, in Qigong, there's a lot of different ideas about like, well, it depends on your age of how much Jing and all this kind of stuff. And like when you're 30s, it could be twice a month in your 40s. So there's a lot of different conflicting ideas out there and I've heard a lot of different things. But I'm curious, like what is your general guidelines when men come to you asking about that kind of stuff? Uh, and then you mentioned self-pleasure practice as well. How does that all kind of fit into all of this? All right, this is the juicy stuff. <laughs> so, well, for, for me, it's, it's definitely been my own journey of yeah. discovering this because, you know, um, one of the first books I read on this was Taoist Secrets of Love, Cultivating Male Sexual Energy by Montauk Chi and Michael mm-hmm. Wynn. And that book had a very 
anti-ejaculation, like almost like you shouldn't ejaculate under any circumstance whatsoever. It kind of has that, that feeling. And there's, there can be a lot of that in the semen retention community. And so that was the approach I had at first was like, I would feel extreme guilt and shame anytime I would ejaculate, which, you know, it's going to happen again at some point. Of right? course. Yeah. So, but after some years and, and, uh, and of course studying with different teachers and, um, just experimenting with things myself, I've come to the conclusion that it's not about trying to go like as long as you can without ejaculating. The most important thing is simply having a more conscious connection with this energy and noticing, are you ejaculating or having sex simply as a way to release tension? And that's what it is for a lot of men It's simply a stress release. And it's just like uh, a quick fix type of thing because you get that quick, you know, that five to 10 seconds of ejaculatory bliss, but then there's a hormonal decline you, you go into the refractory period, you're at a, I've, a low period. I've read, yeah, let me just, I just want to speak to that because I read a book. Have you ever read the book, um, Cupid's Poisoned Arrow? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, and she talks about three weeks, essentially, for your hormones to to rebalance. Like, there's a that long of a period where your prolactin is high, you know, your your testosterone and your dopamine gets dysregulated. I used to make content about this years ago. Um and she says it's kind of like three weeks where you really get back to homeostasis. And I don't know how true that is, but if you think about like how many men since they've been 10, 11, 12 years old have gone three weeks without ejaculating, very, very small amount if they're the average oh, yeah. Western dude. So if her hypothesis holds true, that means most men have never lived with regulated hormones their adult life. Maybe not at all in their whole adult life, like where everything is kind of at baseline. You know, they're always living in this influx of hormones. And that's just, I'm talking purely just about ejaculation. Then you bring in substances and alcohol and everything else and layer that on top of that and stress. And it's like, wow, we're so deeply dysregulated. And we, I think part of that, what happens is that because we're so dysregulated, we, we reach for those things. It's like that pressure release valve, like you spoke about, because we think that kind of brings us back to that post nut bliss area where we feel like, oh, relaxed and calm again. But actually what we're doing is we're just spinning up that dysregulated cycle even more. So it's kind of this vicious cycle is how I see it. That book was really, um, yeah, really insightful for me. Anyway, I didn't want to interrupt you. I just thought I wanted to throw that in there. That's good. It's a good um, point. Yeah. So yeah, this piece around, uh, you know, cultivating uh, or practicing semen retention and, and what you've learned about it. Maybe you could just keep jamming on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 what you just mentioned brought another good point to mind in that one of the problems for men is that they're uncomfortable with sensation. They're uncomfortable with arousal. Like a, the average man, as soon as he like he sees a sexual image, he feels aroused. His impulse is to like get that feeling out of his body as quickly as possible through masturbation or sex. So a huge part of this work is being able to kind of get comfortable with more and more sensation. And it can be uncomfortable in the beginning. And part of this is upgrading your nervous system, upgrading your, your energy body, so to speak. So that's a huge part of this work. Um, but coming back to the Basically, the idea is that as a man, our, 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 our life force, our semen represents our life force. It's this most concentrated essence of our body. In Ayurveda, they talk about like all the steps of the body to create the semen. It's the most refined substance. It's very, very valuable. And every ejaculation, you are, it's costing you something, basically. And it's, it's kind of like money. It's like we're born with so much in our savings account. This is the, the Taoist... Uh, uh, concept of jing, J-I-N-G, which is our physical essence. Mm-hmm. And you're born with so much and how you spend it, you know, it's, it's up to you how you spend it. But once it's gone, it's gone. And, you know, you essentially are, you age and die. And so when we're teenagers, it seems like we have, it's like we are born with a million dollars in the bank. You're like, all right, I've got so much money and just spend it and spend it. And then by the time you're 30, you're like, oh, like 
my dick's not working so well. Uh, my hormones are low. So it's, it's starting to catch up with you. So the, basically the thing is, is we want to be able to reinvest in this, this money account as much or more than we're spending. That's compound interest. Compound interest. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So it's not about going forever without ejaculating. It's just understanding that there is a cost to it. And you know, there's a, there's a Taoist formula. It's you take your age and you multiply it by 0.2. So I'm 34, 34 times 0.2 is about, it's like 6.7 or something like that. That is the minimum time period you should go between ejaculations based on your age. I think that's a decent about a week. Yeah, exactly. So, so it means I should go at least a week. Now, it doesn't mean I'm necessarily gaining energy from going that long. That's just like I'm at least not in depletion. Yeah, mode. you're kind of just, yeah, there's a, a zero effect kind of on the balance there. Yeah, it was interesting. The, Damo, who I was just, we were talking about before this, uh, he's a, for anyone listening or watching, he's a, Damo Mitchell's a Qigong teacher. He teaches through a, um, a school called Lotus Nagong. He's highly against these sexual practices, by He's the way. He's very highly <laughs> against sexual practices. I've, yeah, I have his book, a few of his books, and he talks a lot about even the inner orgasms, which we can touch on later. He's like absolutely a no to. Um, and everybody's got their own conflicting views, right? And I think ultimately anyone listening to this or watching this, just keep in mind like, it's an N1. Like you're the experiment, experiment with your life. But for most men, they haven't even considered some of these concepts or many of them. Hopefully listening to this, they have. But uh, to at least try things, you know, try going for a week or two weeks or three weeks and just see how you feel and then ejaculate and see how you feel then. And then just kind of titrate and balance and play with all these things and experiment. But to uh, his point, he talks a lot about how he has students. And he works with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students how many men he sees these days that have basically the energetic, the energetics of like a 70 year old Mm. man because they're so depleted Jing wise. And from my understanding, like, you know, Jing, that energy that we, we store, um, is based kind of on our genetics, our parents, our lineage, you know, the traumas they endured, things that happened, uh, during our conception and all this kind of stuff. So everybody has different levels of it. But he says men are so depleted and aren't cultivating that like most of them are walking around with the energy of an old man, like guys in their 20s and 30s. And his belief is that it's directly correlated and it makes sense to just such frequent ejaculation and and, and porn and just that, like I said, that hungry ghost. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more about about uh, about the semen intention. So about you know z- is it point zero two? You multiply your age by point zero two. You get that number. That's about a week for guys like us. We're both thirty four, um, and as you get older, obviously that number grows, and you take um, you take bigger you know bigger breaks in between ejaculating. But let's talk a little a lot about like non ejaculatory sex. Uh, you know retaining in relationship and how that kind of works because that's. It's one thing to like cultivate these practices when you're on your own, but you know, you're, you're in a, you're married, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're married, you know, I'm married and, uh, we want to have sex with our wives and we want to cultivate at the same time and have, you know, abundant, beautiful sex lives. So what does that look like in terms of sexual practice actually with a partner? It's a great, because this was kind of the, the, the breaking point for me. I first heard about like brahmacharya when I was into yoga, which is for them, it's just compl- absolute abstinence, like no thoughts of sexuality. And for me, that worked for about three days. And, I, <laughs> and it was a point where I was like, no, like there's no way I'm giving this up. So for me, like that, which is why I really resonated with the, the Taoist sexual cultivation path was because sex is to them extremely beneficial actually. Mm-hmm. And it's just, we need to learn to do it in a way we don't lose energy from it. And so that involves being able to hold your semen throughout intercourse, at least, you know, for certain periods of time. 
And so basically, coming back to that point of, of men being uncomfortable with sensation in their bodies. So this, this requires a lot of rewiring for a man because we're literally conditioned to experience ejaculatory orgasms as our sole experience of sex through porn, through, it's just, we've done it so many times in that way that it's, it's, we start to think that's all there is. We associate orgasm and ejaculation as just one and the same when they're actually two different processes that can be separated. So basically by learning to, what it really is, is be able to stay in a relaxed, calm, parasympathetically dominant state during sex because ejaculation is essentially a stress response. Your sympathetic nervous system kicks on. That's what triggers ejaculation. So when you can stay relaxed in your mind and body, breathing deeply, um, you can hold a lot of sexual pleasure and even experience massive levels of orgasm without ejaculating. Of course, there's specific techniques to really do this, but essentially what you're doing is an ejaculation is a release. It, this tension's building up in the sexual center, and it seeks uh, it seeks a path out when it hits its maximum point. And for most men, that's out the penis. They ejaculate. Least resistance, kind of. Least resistance, least resistance, exactly. Resistance, yeah. So what, what we're doing in in you know the, the system I practice is we we learn to bring that charge upwards in the body through the microcosmic. There's there's many pathways, but the microcosmic orbit's the most famous famous one up the back down the front. And through meditating on this pathway, through really opening it up and developing this mind-body connection with it, you're learning to bring your arousal inwards in the body. So you're creating this internal container so that it starts to build up. So it has more space than just the genitals to build up. It has your entire body. So you start to experience full-body orgasm, full-body pleasure, and you don't have to ejaculate. And is that something that you're, you're, you're circulating that energy or doing that practice while having sex, like exactly, yes, intercourse. yes, yeah, and and it can, there is there is a bit of a training period where it feels a bit unnatural. Like your folks, it's it's like anything. You if you've been walking incorrectly and it's like hurting your knee, you have to literally relearn how to walk. It's the same thing with sex. You've been doing it in a way that's kind of injuring yourself. You could say so. Like at first, it takes this very very strong focus. This is why it's sexual kung fu. Kung fu is skill and discipline obtained through training, but. After a period of time, it becomes natural for you to have sex in this way. It becomes natural for you to allow this energy to move upwards. So it no longer becomes this like intense focus, like, ah, and it's just, it becomes natural, spontaneous. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And for, you know, for anyone listening, um, one of the things that I really realized when I started practicing or even becoming aware of this kind of stuff, like, oh, what, what would happen if I didn't ejaculate during sex? Because for so many people, like, you know, that is such a foreign idea. Oh, blue balls, and why would I do that? And you know what I mean? Like, it just seems obnoxious because their whole, they come to sex with the end goal being, there is an end goal, and, and generally it's to get off. And because we've been habituated with porn where there's all this secrecy and shame, and like, it's like as fast as possible. So our whole nervous system and body is conditioned to get as fast as possible, get off as fast as possible. It's not going to be different. It's going to be just more amplified when we're doing it with an actual human being versus our hand and some pixels on a screen. So men are like, I don't understand why I have premature ejaculation. It's like, well, your whole body has been habituated into this way of being. And one thing that was so profound for me was what I realized, even removing um, orgasm at all, whether it's internal or whether it's ejaculation, but just having sex and then um, without ejaculating, how much energy I would actually receive from that which is, it, it was, it's way better than ejaculating. Like it, it really is. And it's hard for people to comprehend that, but I actually feel like she kind of nourishes me in some way 
like her energy kind of feeds my system and my body. And I don't know if you're familiar with Kimanami or something like that. Oh yeah. You know who yeah. she is, right? She does a lot of, a lot of work like that. Um, she talks about how you should feel like you want to run a marathon after oh, yeah. sex. Oh yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. This is the thing is like sex. I believe sex is an internal technology that's designed to heal us and to generate like creative energy for us. And that th- obviously there's a charge building during sex. Like how do you feel at the height of arousal when you're like coming close to ejaculating? You feel alive. You're, you're, you feel amazing. We, we all know what that feels like. But then what happens is we go over that edge and it's, it's a relief because the pressure is dissipating, but we're losing something. It's, it's, and there's that, that stereotype of the man who has to roll over and fall asleep and starts snoring. It's like, obviously something has been lost there. And so you think about that height energetic experience and basically you're building this charge during sex and then you store it and integrate it into your body instead of just dissipating it and dumping it out. And it is a night and day experience. Like uh, the same thing. When I, the first time I had non-ejaculatory sex afterwards, I just felt like incredibly creative. I wanted to like, I'm a musician. So I like, I wanted to create music. I was like outside, like running around, just like doing cartwheels and things, just feeling like a little kid again. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's feeling deflated versus feeling, feeling inflated and alive. And, and again, when you do the work to open up your body and your nervous system to be able to handle that intensified energy, then you start to function life on a level that most people can't even imagine. Just like how you feel on a day-to-day basis, you glow. Do you believe there's an intersection between the abundance and things that you receive and, and maintaining your sexual energy? Cause there's a lot of conversation about that in the world. Like your capacity to hold your own energy also gives you more capacity to kind of hold energy financially, you know, business wise. Have you seen some effects in that in your personal life? Absolutely. I mean, I, f- I feel like as soon as I started this work, things very dramatically changed in my life. Like my external world started to reflect that I was building up more energy and holding more in my internal space. So I think there's definitely a correlation there. I mean, our sexual energy is it's it's the expression of abundance and when this energy is flowing freely in our bodies and we're abundant in it it's like we reflect that by just being a greater receptacle for uh, external abundance money itself is just an energy yeah there's always like these jokes and i've, I've read a, b- a bit about on on these <clears throat> no fat forums and stuff like that but i i have experienced this myself like animals are like more attracted to you when you're retaining your seed and stuff like that and like there's just a there's a whole unconscious or subtle energetic shift. It, maybe you could use the word like frequency almost that you're kind of operating on that is so uh, contrarian to the average person walking down the street. You know, like when you're, you feel bigger, you feel wider, you feel like you're glowing, you feel like you're emanating energy. And that has an impact on people. It's certainly like on the times of my life where I was single, it certainly has an impact on my attractiveness. Oh yeah. Right. Like, and I'm not looking any different. I'm not necessarily doing anything different, but, but for some reason I become more magnetic. I think that's the word that I really, really resonates is like, there's a magnetism that kind of comes in and things and, and just want to come to you. They, they want it. People want to be around you. Opportunities want to come to you. And certainly anybody listening or watching to this, and maybe you can attest to this, my workouts, like if, if I go to the gym and I'm like on, you know, and I'm, I'm really practicing cultivating my sexual energy and I'm not releasing it, not dissipating it. I'm like, I'm just, I'm a stronger, more focused human being. Like there, there's almost no, there's almost nowhere in my life that it doesn't seem to impact. 
you know? I've noticed the same thing. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's like a, you know, I did a talk a, a few years ago about this. It's like I was, I was talking to this group and I said, what if there was a pill that I could give you that gave you more energy, you know, that made you more attractive, that made you stronger, that made you more focused, that made you more grounded, that alleviated anxiety? Because I've experienced all these things and it was totally free. And not only did you not have to take something, but you actually had to remove something from your life. So it's not even like you have to add more. You actually have to let some things go. Would you take it? Obviously, every single hand in the room went up. I said, well, that's semen retention, right? And and so it's it's it is kind of this. It shouldn't be such a secret weapon, but it is in this day and age, you know. And and it also, it's uh, yeah, you know, I I I believe personally, it can alleviate so much of the. It's kind of like the foundation of so much frustration and 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 loss and lack of purpose and energy for men. Like if they practice that first, right, rather than trying to bring in more practices about like oh I have to find my purpose I have to do this I have to do that I want to I have to make money I have to find a girlfriend I have to that we're seeking all these ways outside ourselves but that foundation I've seen time and time again when men start there of just learning how to honor and cultivate their own sexual energy uh, that actually becomes the springboard for all those other things to kind of naturally fall into place absolutely that, that was my experience basically it was like for years I was I just feel like I was running around in circles I was trying to improve all these aspects myself, trying to make more money, get my financial issues together, all these things. And just nothing was working. And it seemed like once I started working with my sexual energy, got that like understanding, wow, I'm just like completely castrating myself basically by masturbating to ejaculate every day. And it just, it, it, looking back, it's amazing like how much growth I went through in a positive direction in my life once I got this thing under control and started working with it. What does your family think of all this? They, uh, I mean, they, I haven't, I haven't really had like a conversation about semen retention with my father specifically, <laughs> but like they generally, you know, know what I'm doing and they're, they're supportive. Yeah. They're, I, again, I've always been the kind of like, kind of the weird kid. They're like, I don't really know what he's doing, but clearly it's serving him. He's doing well and Did all these things. Did you have things. siblings? I do. Yeah. I have yeah. two brothers and three sisters. And big family. You ever talked to your brothers? Oh about yeah. I've talked to my stuff? brothers about this. What do they think? I mean, they think it's interesting and I can't, you know, can't get them to practice it myself, but <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's, they're all supportive of what I'm doing though. Yeah. I mean, that's all you could ask for. It's yeah. funny. Like my mom, she's hilarious. She, she just like listens in to everything that I create and watches everything. I'm just like, Oh God, <laughs> some of the conversations I'm having are just so out there and like, Jesus, oh, yeah. like sure mom, whatever. And you know, and, and hurrah for supporting me. But I, I just think it's so funny. Um, getting into the, some of these realms because there's certainly a generation or two ago, our parents' generation weren't often talking about these things. But oh, yeah. now with the proliferation of the internet, it's so ubiquitous. Like we were talking about the no fat movement and all of this. Where do you see your work going like in the future with, with kind of what you're doing? What, what are you practicing right now? Where are you wanting to take things and, and like, how is it evolving for yourself personally? Well, my own practice is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a hardcore practitioner. I consider myself, it's like, I, I practice for hours a day, my Qigong internal, I'm very committed to the path of inner internal energy cultivation because I see this, these ancient arts as just, they're incredible to me. I love doing them. I'm addicted to the practice and I, I want to do my part to keep these things alive. So that's part of my own journey. So there's always things I'm focusing on in that. Um, but as far as like this work and what I'm offering the world, I really, I just want to reach the most people that I can in the world, those who are willing to hear and to to do the practice because it isn't easy to walk this path. It, it really takes discipline and a daily practice. Self, it takes serious self-development, but I would really like to help basically men who are up and coming in this world, younger men, 
at least have a choice of something different because there's like, I didn't know this stuff when I was a teenager. This would have saved me years and years of pain and misery and depletion if I had known this. So I would really like to somehow integrate this a little bit into some of the mainstream consciousness, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how like life, like one thing that you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation was you kind of always had this pull towards the esoteric or pull towards the mystic. What do you think that was? I don't know, honestly. I mean, I, I was a very, I had a massive imagination as a child. I had this, I feel like I was connected to this other plane. Well, we all are. We come in from the source, wherever we come from, and we all have this connection to that. Then it gets severed at some point. It kind of gets beaten out of us. But I think that I was a little more resilient on hanging out onto that connection a little longer in my life, I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. Like there's just certain, it seems like certain people come into the world and they kind of, once they find that track or that mission or that thing, it's like, like, that's the thing, you know what I mean? And for, for whatever reason, we're both relatively young dudes and came to this kind of stuff pretty young, you know, in my early twenties, it was kind of in your early twenties as well. I'm so grateful for that, right. To just, just to find some sort of path and something that I aligned with, but I'm always curious, like how, you know, how do people end up getting to those things and just finding like, Oh, this is the thing that I want to focus on and bring to the world. It's, uh, I sometimes think it's just how we incarnate, you know, and, and what we come here to do. Um, so I'm curious just from a tactical or like kind of practical level, like I said, someone listening to this right now, a man, maybe he, you know, obviously you offer programs, you offer different things, but if he were to just start today, like, you know what, I really want to start somewhere. Like, I want to start cultivating my energy. I want to start practicing semen retention. I want to start quitting porn. Like, what would be the first thing, like, to someone right here that you could recommend doing? The first thing I recommend is breathing, learning to breathe from the belly, especially like, like that's the foundation of the sexual practices, deep belly breathing. Because coming back to that ejaculation being a stress response, what men are usually doing during sex is they, they tense up their belly, the breathing shallow from the chest. So deep, slow breathing. Notice when you have the urge to, to watch porn and ejaculate, slow, deep breathing. See if you can just feel that urge and not give into it. Breathe that feeling through your body and be okay with it. So that's one of the most practical things is like getting your breath together because when to breathe consciously requires absolute presence with your mind. So you know as soon as your breath is gone, your mind has gone as well. So that I would say that's a really great foundation. Is there just, a particular type of breath practice or just feeling? Like is there a count to it or an inhalation? I mean, you, could, you could count, I guess, uh, like even, even breath, maybe counting to... The, the, the typical things like four on the inhale, four on the kind exhale, like the you can even like yeah. work on drawing that out as well. Yeah. 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 And then when it comes to like sexual cultivation, you know, in the bedroom, maybe someone's listening to this and they have a partner and they really want to start, like, where do they begin with that? And is there a conversation that you have with your partner? Like, how do you enroll? Because I think sometimes too, if, you know, your, your partner, like it's, it's even novel to them because there, there's a desire for them to want to bring you satisfaction. And oftentimes they've been habituated into believing that that once they bring it to an ejaculation, then that's like, they did their job, quote unquote, if for you know sure. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. We're all so conditioned as like ejaculations being like the, the big goal of sex. And, and even women have this as well in some regard where they feel that the man isn't satisfied. They feel they haven't pleased their man unless they've made him ejaculate. So having a conversation about it is important. Like, Hey, I want to, I want to try something new. You know, I've heard this will give me more energy. There's no refractory period. So I can have actually a lot more sex. We can have a lot more pleasure together. And as, as far as like some foundation for integrating this into sex, go, coming back to that breathing, being able to breathe 
deeply, like allow, see if you can breathe into pleasure deeper and deeper and practice releasing tension from your body, especially the pelvic floor. This is a big misconception. Uh, well, well, something that I'm, I'm, it has become a big part of my teaching in that one of the go-to exercises for, for male sexual improvement is Kegel exercises, like squeezing the pelvic floor. But for a lot of men, this will actually trigger their sympathetic uh, stress Increases res- tension. Increased tension. And yeah. so it will make them more likely to ejaculate. And that's actually one of the causes of premature ejaculation is there's all this tension in the pelvic floor. So focus on relaxing your genitals. Breathe into your pelvic floor. Breathe into your balls. Just breathe your full presence and breath there and like use that to amplify the pleasure and allow it to move through your body like an ocean wave. And that, I mean, that alone, when you get good at that will dramatically transform your sexual experience. Have you ever messed with some of the more like fringe things like cock weightlifting and stuff like that? Oh yeah. I learned <laughs> the the genital weightlifting. In fact, I injured myself one day doing it, lifting, you know, over 20 pounds. <laughs> I mean, there's guys who do hundreds of pounds doing this stuff. So that was my lesson there. Oh yeah. What kind of injury did you endure? So, so, well, I'll just say this: something. It felt like something kind of tore down there. Oh. And then for about a week, there was a lot of pain in the groin, and I was like, oh fuck, like, what am I gonna tell a doctor if I have to go to a hospital? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, but it healed up perfectly fine. And I was like, okay, lesson learned. Don't push it with yeah. that. <laughs> Do you notice any benefits from anything like that? I mean. Definitely, um, it creates a powerful pump of sexual energy upwards in the body. It's one of the reasons they do it. It also um, it boosts testosterone, boosts blood flow in the genitals. So it has its benefits, but it obviously has its dangers too. <laughs> Any other practices that you kind of are into right now or anything that you're, you're pursuing that's uh, might be interesting, you know what I mean, to, to share a little bit about? Um, what does your daily practice look like? Well, I do, so the, you know, this morning I went to the park I do my practice in the park. One of my main practices is it's called Zhan Zhuang, which is you hold a static posture basically. And what you're doing is learning to sink, hold your skeletal structure in a way, but totally release all muscular tension. And it starts to create this compression. And I mean, I could, I could make it more scientific, but basically chi fills up your body. I mean, it's, it's, it becomes this tangible thing. You feel this wash of this like electrical energy filling you up. It takes years to develop this, but it, it's, it's quite profound. So that's my main practice. It's something I teach in my programs as well Is basically because you're learning to hold yourself amidst a certain stress, which is gravity. And like after, you know, 20 minutes here, you get pretty tired, but you, it builds your discipline, it builds your willpower and it, it really charges your battery, so to speak as well. Do you recommend anything outside of kind of the Qigong practice and stuff like that? Lifestyle choices, you know, diets, uh, other kind of things that we could do in the world for a man that's like, because there seems to be this pervasive problem uh, with testosterone right now. Like they say, I think 20 years ago, we have about, we've lost about, or have about 60% of the testosterone that people at our age did 20 years ago, you know, average. Um and a lot of those hormonal imbalances are probably due to a lot of different things, lifestyle factors. Of course, I think ejaculation and porn addiction and a lot of kind of stuff is, is part of that in some capacity. But is there anything that you practice or lifestyle choices that you make or that you recommend to some of your students that have made a profound difference in your life or their life? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 everything. It's basically optimizing all areas of your life. So physical exercise is essential. Getting out in nature, breathing fresh air, clean water, you know, non-fluoridated, non-chlorinated water. Um, nutrition obviously is very important. Detoxification is essential for anyone on the planet right now because there's so much toxicity in our food, our water, our air, 
clothing, you know, plastics. It's just, we're loaded with that. In fact, a couple of years ago, I was having some hormone issues and I was like, what the hell? I'm doing all these things. You know, I'm like, I'm the sexual Kung Fu guy. Like what's <laughs> going on? I'm doing my three hours of practice and like, and it turned out I had toxicity in my body. I had heavy metals. I had some like mold and fungus stuff. So I did a kind of a comprehensive detoxification program and felt dramatically better by the end of that. So just, it's, it's really everything. You, it's, it's almost like we're, we're fighting a battle every day just to be on planet earth, stress, environmental factors. So it's like looking at every aspect of your life, doing your research and learning how to optimize everything. It's, it's essential. There's the things that I focus more on and what I teach, but like, really it's like you, if you're really serious, if you want to go to your highest levels, like look at every aspect of your life and ask how can you eat the cleanest water, drink the best water, um, eat the, eat the cleanest food. I think I said that wrong. Um, exercise, exercise your mind, your body, just optimizing everything basically. And also like try to get back to like the animal, you know what I mean? Like getting the sun on your body, the water on your skin, the elements we're living in these steel cages bombarded with EMF radiation. And so getting back to a natural state is essential. What, uh, yeah, I always, I always see it. It's like a lifestyle, like the whole, it's a lifestyle. It's every choice you make. How is it going to honor the lifestyle that you've chosen? as a, as I'll keep using this word as a cultivator, right? Like what would, you know, how would I eat? How would I move? How would I breathe? What would I breathe? What would I drink? Um, I, and, and I think the piece around detoxification is so, so important. I, I don't think people realize how many, oftentimes what's contributing to the way that we feel is like the phytoestrogens and the toxicities and the glyphosate and the, all the kind of stuff that is just in the everything and coded the entire world is coded in these toxic um, substances that can just be really depleting, which makes it so much harder to take that first step to really cultivate, you know, to, to cultivate your own energy. It's like, it's really hard to do things from a depleted state. You might be, you know, you might be retaining your seed. You might be doing the practice. You might be do, trying your best to do all these things and still feeling sluggish and low. And it's, I always recommend people. And I, this is something that I take on myself is like, yeah, blood panels regularly, like just oh, yeah. like doing metrics, like oh, yeah. quantifying myself, knowing where I'm at, what am I missing, what do I need, what are, I also have been dealing with heavy metals as well in my own life, having to get a filling removed that I got when I was a kid that was a mercury filling, right? Like all these kind of little things that it's another way of that dispersion of energy almost, mm -hmm. right? And it's not so unconscious and oftentimes it's not even our fault like it's just the, the way that we, we came into the world the way the world is and you can do the best you can but at the end of the day and that's why Chinese medicine is so cool in a lot of ways because it's so comprehensive oh, yeah. and all this kind of stuff oh, like yeah. if you oftentimes Tai Chi or Qigong is an avenue into this but then you open up that whole world and it's like you know you have the the Qigong healing and you have acupuncture and then you have like the dietary aspects of it and you have the astrology which you were talking about and, like this whole comprehensive system where it's a lifestyle right it's a lifestyle and uh and and the more that we can become I think what happens too and maybe maybe you'll, you'll agree with this is as we begin to get that clarity from you know practicing sexual cultivation we naturally not only those things fall away but we also start pursuing these higher levels of things like oh I've never really thought about my water before Maybe I should start thinking about that. Where Where is this coming from? What's in these pipes? Like, what do they treat this water with? Or like, how, what am I eating, right? We we start to step out into, that's like what an awakening is, essentially, oh, yeah. I imagine. We start to wake up to all the ways that we're kind of 
unconsciously dishonoring ourselves. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And it, it really, what this path is, is it's greater awareness. It's seeing that we've, we've almost been hypnotized into doing things a certain way our whole life. It, and that's every, every single habit we have, almost like even the thoughts going through our mind. These aren't our own. These aren't our own habits. So it's almost like, for me, it's about how do I recreate myself entirely? Re- recreate all the way I walk, the way I carry myself, the, the way I breathe, the way I have sex, of course. So it's like literally recreating yourself into absolute intention. Absolute, is this actually serving me? And, and that's, a, that's a deep, lifelong process, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the, <clears throat> as, as a lot of people watching this know, one of the, uh, my birthday was a few weeks ago, and one of the things that I kind of commit to every single year is choosing a word of like, okay, this is the word that I'm going to centralize myself around, like my whole life for the next year. And this, this year was honor. And, and that's the question that comes up so often. It's like, okay, how would this honor, is what I'm eating right now ingesting honoring my body? Is what I'm, you know, what I'm thinking honoring myself? Is, and just keep thinking those thoughts, like is, is choosing to ejaculate now really honoring my energetic body? You know, is making this decision versus that decision and coming back into that awareness over and over and over again is like a practice, right? This is the practice. And I think when, to your point, like the, the when we, deplete our sexual energy it's it's kind of a way of not having to be with that awareness you know what i mean it's like you kind of yeah of course there's an unconscious aspect to it but there's some level that i think we know like uh if i have all this energy and awareness then i have to like it's an effort like then i have to make better choices and i have to like see reality for what it is take responsibility take responsibility and i'd rather just it's easier just to numb out yeah it's so much easier to numb out and uh and 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 like i said if we can it's such an easy source to awaken. We don't have to drink ayahuasca or eat mushrooms or all this kind of stuff. I mean, that stuff's all great. Those adjuncts are really helpful in that process, but so much is available when we start to get in touch with that creative force. There's like a natural attunement that happens with our life where we just want to make better choices. And I think that's just such the power of, of doing this work. Well, Thank you so much. This conversation has been really, really awesome. Um, I really appreciate the work that you're doing in the world and just how you're serving men and how you are giving these gifts and just feeling that call to, to really help empower people in their own awakening uh, through this very particular and very powerful path. Curious, just letting people know where they can find out about your work, You know how they can connect with you, if they want to work with you, what you offer, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, find me on YouTube, Instagram, uh, YouTube Sexual Kung Fu, Instagram, Jonathan White, SKF. Had to change my handle because I got I got uh, taken down on Instagram several times. Really? Oh yeah. Why is that? Uh, just sexual content. What's SKF do? Sexual kung fu. Sexual but, kung fu. Oh, so you just had to like? Yeah, yeah, yeah just kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, find me there. My website's JonathanWhiteLifestyle.com. You can find out more about my my programs and offerings. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for having me here, and uh, thanks for having a chat with me. And uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Evan. Yeah, you bet. You. All right, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode with the one and only Jonathan White. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I'm going to be amping up this podcast in this year, 2024, and I'm going to start releasing weekly episodes. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to these so you never miss one. Again, thank you for listening to another episode of the Undomesticate podcast. I hope you have a great start to your year. And as always, stay sovereign.